crucifixion of Jesus. So they took Jesus and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. And there they crucified him, and with him and him with two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. And Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross, and it read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the places where Jesus was the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. And so the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather the man said, I am king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots, for it is to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says they divided my garments among me, and for my clothing they cast lots. Dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet, they divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Let us pray. Father, we come now in remembrance of the Friday, of that Friday, of that day when your Son bore our sins on the cross. And so, Lord, as we reflect on these things, may they be in front of us, and may our sins not well up before us, but might they be seen as finished, as taken, as covered. And then as we come into the Easter Sunday, may we know the joy of the resurrection. All this we ask in his name. Amen. His name was Kevin. He was a student of mine at a place I was teaching far off, not in Jacksonville, about four or five years ago. Kevin and I hit it off. We were friendly in a lot of ways. And as tends to happen is when, when you hit it off like this, very often, students will begin to share things about their life. Kevin started to unpack things that he had been going through, and the main thing that he had been going through was a sense of uncertainty, a sense of listlessness, a sense that there was just something not quite right. Then he started to walk through the litany. He said, when I first came to the faith, I guess I thought it would happen faster than this. I expected more, is what he ended up saying. Because I know I'm not supposed to say I expected to be perfect, but I expected to be further along. He said, I then turned to worship, to actually getting really into it. And he said, I, I stopped liking these types of songs, this type of music, and I started to really get into this kind of music because I thought, if I really understand the music that I'm singing, then I will have it fixed. And he joked about this. He said, I needed a thesaurus to know this music because all the words were very old and very ancient, and I felt very established by listening to these songs and not these over here. 
I said, well, how did that work out for you? He said, well, after that, I started to read a lot of books. I, I got into not just fiction, which was my first love. I started to read a lot of theology. I started to read a lot of philosophy and all types of things, worldview. I said, I really got into that. He said, my shelves were lined. <laughs> that started to happen. I said, how did that work out for you? He said, well, next, and you can see where this is going. He said, next, I started to get active in homeless relief. He says, I thought maybe I was just too self-centered, too into myself, too, too much trying to drive inward and try to drive outward. And he said, I showed up every Saturday at the place in my city where my church does certain things. He said, if there was a, a missions trip short term, I would go on it. He said, but, you know, I kept feeling that sense. I said, so it didn't work out for you then either. No. I said, so what's the latest thing? He said, your class. Um, he said, I'm here to, to study. He said, I figured, you know, if I could just learn from other people, if I could just listen. And I'm not a prophet, and I don't really get premonitions, but this is one of those times when I felt like I had one. And I looked at him, and I said, so what are you going to do when this doesn't work out for you? I said, because this won't work out for you. I said, you might get some education, you might get some, some edification, you might get even some sanctification, depends on how that goes uh, over the time together. I says, but, but, but at some point you're realizing that it's not going to work out when you try to control it. That there's something in you that's trying to grab it with both hands and you're not realizing that your hands are empty that you're actually grabbing at nothing but the same thing you used to always grab at before, which is yourself. And we started to talk about Jesus. And we started to talk about Good Friday. And I pointed out to him the same thing I'm gonna point out to you, which is when we started this week in Palm Sunday, there were a lot of people that came out to Jesus. And we commemorate that, of course, with the wonderful ceremony of our children coming in with palms. And we're so very used to Palm Sunday being a time of celebration. But we forget that by Friday they're gone. Why were they gone, though? Well, in part, they're gone because, I told my, my student, they came out on Palm Sunday the same reason you keep going to these things to find what you're looking for. You see, the folks that came out to see Jesus on Palm Sunday primarily were those who were from the region where Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. They knew this man could do some stuff. They knew this man could kind of wow them. He was kind of a pseudo-celebrity for them. But then he didn't deliver the things that they wanted. He didn't bring the fun times and the amazing miracles. Instead, he started to cleanse the temple and talk about being crucified and suddenly the, 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 the chief priests and eventually the soldiers start to close in and everyone, everyone walks away. From those on Palm Sunday to the disciples to Peter denying it, even to the person who thought he saw him cut a guy's ear off, how could you mistake that guy? But nevertheless, Peter says, no, that's not me, I'm walking away. Everyone walks away. And what I told my student and what we should think about, I think, on Good Friday is that salvation this weekend is not about walking to the cross. 
Because the fact of the matter is, is you and I, left to our own devices, if we had been there, would walk away from the cross. You don't come to the cross, you don't kneel before it, it is not your march towards it that does anything for you until he walks towards it himself first. You see, what the gospel story is and what this weekend is all about is more about your inability and his ability. He is the one who came from heaven. He is the one who took on flesh. We who were sinners, we who were covenant breakers, we who could do nothing for ourselves, witness the man who takes the cross in a way that we never can. That the man who holds heaven and earth together is for a brief moment held to a piece of wood by nails. That the one who is Lord of heaven and earth is himself willing to become a covenant curse, willing to take the punishment. So for my friend, the student, and for all of us, you have to realize, if you come to Jesus for things first, if you come to him expecting a good life, an easy life, if you come expecting psychological, or personal, or economic fulfillment, if you come to him expecting something first, then usually what you're doing is looking for yourself in the name of Christ. But what Jesus says is you can't do this. This is a spectator sport, I tell my students. You watch salvation happen. You see him take that cross. You see him scourged. You see him do things that you and I would never be able to do. And therefore, what is Good Friday? Good Friday is watching salvation happen. It is knowing that what Christ is doing cannot be done by anybody else. You see, the fact of the matter is, is so many people come to Jesus for things, or they think that they are achieving something by the goodness that they have achieved, but it's not that. Because what Jesus says here at the end, in the next verse you're going to hear after this homily, the very next thing Jesus says is, it is finished. It is finished. In the Greek, it's one word. It's a very common word. It's very often meant things like paid in full, or it is done, or no other thing required. It was often used in the marketplace, but it was used elsewhere. And it was the kind of thing that we might have said paid in full, we like to say today in English. Which means what? Well, to my friend, to my student, and to all of us, it means stop trying to bring things to him for your salvation. Rather, stand in the reality that he has taken the cross. And if he took the cross, then when he says it is finished, he's not lying. It is finished means that you bring nothing else to the table. And rather, because you come with nothing, what the rest of the gospel tells us is that he fills you up. He fills your hands, he gives you talents, he gives you a purpose and a life, but only when you come with nothing. And only when you watch the king of heaven and earth take up his crown of thorns. Come trying to bring your own crowns and bring your own accolades and the things that you think will make it all feel better, and you miss the cross. But realize that you and I are the ones who run away as much as anything else 
and you understand what the cross is all about. That he will take it even when we are covenant breaking while he's doing it. That he understands our sin now more than ever because he bore it on a tree. Amen.